Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Sell the Fine. I'm your host, Reese Lau. As our regular listeners know, our goal at Sell the Fine is to change the stigma around mental health care. One of the best ways that we can do that is by inviting more people to join the conversation. If you want to help our podcast get seen by more people, we really hope you'll subscribe to Sell the Fine, rate us, and then share our episodes to all of your friends and family. Today, I'd like to welcome Meg Hayden, head nurse at Oxford School District. For years, her and her team have been very proactive about reaching students and providing them with the tools and relationships they need to recognize and address mental health issues in themselves and their friends. Uh, This has been a huge effort to reduce the impact of anxiety, trauma, or whatever else issue may arise or be on the horizon for these kids. Here we go. How are you doing? You okay? How's it going? How are you feeling today? Welcome to South Define, a podcast from Right Track Medical Group dedicated to destigmatizing mental health in the South through genuine conversation about the challenges that we all face every day. For more information, please visit our website, righttrackmedical.com backslash South Define. While we hope you enjoy listening to our podcast, please remember that this is not a substitute for professional diagnosis or for the treatment of any mental health condition. Uh, let's see. All right, guys. So we are back. And as I said, uh, Meg Hayden is joining us. She is lead nurse, uh, lead school nurse at Oxford High School. And she teaches yoga at um, Southern Star Yoga here in Oxford. Uh, Meg, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Of course. So we're kind of loose today. And uh, I'm not exactly sure how to run into this. Uh, but the best way is always to just kind of get to know you a little bit. And so in that vein, would you tell us a little bit about yourself and about your work? Sure. Well, as you said, I'm the lead school nurse for the Oxford School District and the nurse at Oxford High School. I've been in that role, I think this is my ninth year, um, going in, in into that role. And um, I have a son who's going to be a senior in high school next year. It's hard to believe oh my gosh. he survived wow. four years of high school as his, with his mom as the school nurse. Um, <laughs> and so, and um, I have a nine-year-old daughter. So um, school nursing was not my original life plan, but when I went to nursing school, I worked a lot in women's health. I was a, um, a doula and then a labor and delivery nurse, a lactation consultant, um, But when we relocated back here to Mississippi, this school nurse position came open. And um, I have just, aside from the difficulties from last school year with COVID that we will, I'm sure, get into (laughs) later in the conversation, um, have really loved every minute of it. It is um, such a combination of things, you know, like mental health, public health, it's like having a little clinic, you know, it's all, it's all the things. So. Yeah. You got to be super well-rounded to perform that job. Yeah. And I was nervous about it because I was so focused on women's health and on labor and delivery. Mm. You know, I was like, if somebody goes into labor, we're good, but I don't know what to do for anything else. I mean. <laughs> so I did go back and I did my, um, uh, national board certification for, for school nursing, mostly because I wanted to continue my education in, uh, you know, to be more well-rounded. Um, and so 
that was really helpful because you do, you never know what's going to happen in a day. And it's at my school at Oxford high school, we have over 1200 students and then a hundred faculty and staff members. And, you know, I'm the only until last school year, I now have a second nurse at the high school with me, nurse Agina Bowles, who's wonderful and amazing. And until then, though, I was the only medical person on campus with that many people. So it's a different oh feel than the hospital. You know, school nursing sort of, I think, has this, you have this idea of what it is I did before I did it, that it was going to be like chill, laid back. <laughs> you know? And some days, you know, I don't know, I'm, I'm hesitant to even say that. <laughs> Most days, but, you know, it's not. It's like a clinic and you never know what's going to happen. And it that makes it exciting. Um, but it also you have the opportunity to, because you're with students, the same students all the time in the same building with faculty and students, it's an opportunity to build relationships with people and work with them in a way that is not just medical. And that is um, the most exciting part about my job is, is that, that part building relationships. And I love teenagers. Really? I, I love working with that age group. It's a magical time. And I think that it's, um, you know, it's like, they're not adults, but they're also not hmm. kids. You know what I mean? It's this in between. Yeah. They're like on the cusp of, of this massive transformational time in their lives. And um, yeah. it's amazing. It's really interesting that it is a transformational time. And you see that happening every day from ninth grade to 12th grade. You see their trans transgression, not transgression. <laughs> I'm sure you see their transgressions, but you see that, uh, see them as they grow. Um, but it's one of the smallest periods of time in our life, but it's so weighty. It's so it, it, Why? Well, and you, I think because, because you are changing and growing so much and then when it ends, you're expected to be ready, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, and so it's a, um, yeah, I mean, I think, I don't know. I don't know what it's just to me, you know, when I watch the ninth graders go from ninth graders to 12th graders, so much happens. And I think the thing that, you have to remember when you work with this age group is that for us as adults, time has sped up. So that, that seems like a short period of time, but for them, that's forever. Like they can't really, it's hard to even see beyond high school. Um, and that, that, that plays a part in what we're talking about today, this mental health stuff, because it's difficult for um, without much life experience, it's difficult for them to see beyond high school. And, um, and that can be hard, but I mean, you know, if you, if, you know, I try to think back and remember myself, um, during that time and I, four years, high school seemed like it was going to be forever. I was like your whole life. I know. (laughs) know? I know it's weird. And I think that, um, and I could be wrong. So please tell me if I'm wrong. Uh, they deal with a lot of, Given the given the immediacy of information and uh, access to it that we didn't have, um, I would imagine that they deal with a lot of different stressors um, that are affecting that growing brain um, and all of those emotions that are going through them. So, kind of in line with that, but kind of not. Like, what what are some typical scenarios that you see from day to day, large and small, like related to mental health? 
I mean, no, yeah, just mental health. We don't need to know about the scrapes and bruises and yeah. No, there's all there's a there's all different you know I mean because my day is in starts with like you know scheduled medications kids come in with a lot of scheduled oh. meds and um, morning meds and then from there it's it could be I mean this year I dealt with a lot of you know we did this year was totally different because we were screening for COVID and we were mm-hmm. um, then you know doing contact tracing and it was very very different Jeez. this year. But if we if we take out this this year, <laughs> we talk about in general a lot of the mental health stuff that I see. You know, first I would say we are dealing with. I mean, the human condition is just the human condition, right? Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of students uh, and adults, but students with trauma. Yeah, and so we have sort of changed our focus a lot in the school district to a more um, whole child uh, perspective, right? We, we, we adopted the whole child initiative. And so we try to look at and, and approach students from the perspective of everyone has experienced some type of trauma, whether it's a mm-hmm. lot of small micro traumas or some big event occurred. Um, and we know that that changes everything, you know, um, yeah. that changes the way that students learn, it changes the way that students relate to each other, the way they relate to themselves. Um, and I think my mission, number one, is to be a safe space for students in the school. And again, going back to that building relationships like that is my most important, sacred, you know, job there is to be a safe space for students is, is what I feel. Also to keep students safe and faculty safe uh, from a health perspective. Well, but I, I think, you know, the, and that's one common theme in every single every single show that we do, regardless of who the person is I'm talking to is communication and relationships and how important those are to our lives. And I would think in particular to um, a high school student. And I, I imagine that helps them open up to you and probably come to you more often than um, other people that don't put such a high priority on, on formulating those relationships. Um, So let's talk, um, you know, everything, a lot of things to start with anxiety, right? If it's not like some other bigger issue, anxiety plays a big role in escalating mental health issues. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you deal with something that a kid that comes in there and is just off the charts worried about almost everything? That's a very common scenario. Is it? <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, I would say anxiety is a huge issue and something that I deal with daily with students. Like with grades, with a range, and it could be a range of um, someone who just comes to me as a uh, a check in. So I have students who I know will just stop by and say hi, and it's because they need that touch point for regulation, for mm. routine, um, to to check in with their. You know, it's like part of their routine. And that, that, that would be like one end of the spectrum. The other end of the spectrum is, you know, panic attacks, like full panic attacks, hyperventilating, pass out. Yeah. Oh yeah. So there's a range of things that occur and 
so for me, um, again, being aware of the level of anxiety that these kids are dealing with and the range of symptoms that can occur with anxiety. And, and that goes back to being, to me, part of being trauma informed and building relationships as the number one thing that we can do for our students um, is build relationships and make connections with them so that they trust us. And also then so that we know our students, Mm -hmm. what their situations are, what their home life, their family situations are, and then, you know, and then what their behaviors are indicating to us. So oftentimes things that are considered like negative behaviors or kids who are just being bad, they're not just being bad. They're actually ways that they're trying to survive, right? Mm. They're survival mechanisms, right? It's their, your, their nervous systems trying to regulate. And that's, that's what it comes down to is so many of them are dysregulated. Yeah. And so my job is to, whatever range on they are on, on the spectrum of anxiety is like, how can we get this kid regulated? One, the very first thing is you're never going to, that's not going to happen unless you have a relationship with them and you have a connection with them and they trust you. Um, And the other very, the biggest thing, and this is what um, uh, my colleague Kaki Brown and I have tried to start implementing um, before COVID hit (laughs) was Um, helping teachers and faculty that are interacting with students, not only be educated on, you know, trauma, being trauma informed, but also the number one thing is being regulated yourself. Mm. Right. True. Being regulated yourself, because if you are dysregulated, which is so easy to do, to become when you're dealing with teenagers, especially if they're appearing to be disrespectful or whatever, um, is to become dysregulated yourself. And then that's, you know, we create the container for the classroom. We, I create the container for my, um, for my office. And, you know, we are, um, the students kind of will regulate to you, you know, like you Mm -hmm. sort of set set the tone. It's like when you walk into a classroom and you can feel that vibe, right. would be another word for it. Hmm. What's it going to be like in here? And you, you know, you can, you can feel yeah. it when you walk into a place, you know, Oh, this yeah. feels better. This doesn't. And so it starts there with staying regulated. And then when you're regulated and you, you're taking care of yourself and you're taking care of your own nervous system and you're aware of your own stuff, then the way that you respond rather than react hmm. is going to change the whole, the whole thing. So I don't yeah. know if that's, you're asking. I just went off on a whole. No, tangent. that's better than what I was asking. <laughs> that's way better. Uh, and, and it's interesting because I think that, I mean, you're bound to be pretty limited in what you can do. Mm. Um, so you're, it's wonderful to hear how proactive you are in creating ways to offset that and, and catch it on the front end rather than have to deal with it on the back end. Um, such as the program with making sure teachers are you know, regulating themselves and taking care of themselves um, and creating those relationships. Um, so just at, for a technical knowledge, at what point do you have to turn it over to someone else or do you recommend? And what, what does that look like? How do you, how does that, how do log- the logistics of that work? 
Well, it kind of depends. I mean, we, so we have, um, we have school guidance counselors um, and they uh, are, you know, they have a lot of roles and responsibilities and which include, you know, supporting the students in all kinds of ways. And so the students can go and talk to the guidance counselors. Um, and then we have a um, therapist at every school in the Oxford school district, which is very, we're very, very fortunate for that. Um, so students who need a higher level of mental health support um, can receive it at school. And especially after this year, I mean, I really feel like we're just beginning at the end of the school year, we're beginning to see the mental health effects that COVID had on our students. And I think it's um, probably that the population at that age group is, it's probably been most difficult for those. Yeah, what's, what does that look like? Um, I mean, I just, so I don't know exactly what it looks like. I'll tell you after the school year starts because it's probably about to get worse, but I'll, I can tell you from my own part. I mean, I have a teenager and, um, I, uh, and, and from being at the school this year, you know, it's this, we talked about the importance of relationships and connections in general, right. As humans we're we're wired for connection. That's so important. And now we know that, um, I keep going back to trauma, but it's just so relevant. Like with trauma, it disconnects us from ourselves, which disconnects us from other people, right? Essentially, if we want to really boil it down. And with teenagers, you know, they are, they are in a stage of development that requires them to make connections. Like that's their whole thing, right? They're moving outside of their relationships with just their family and they're much more dependent on their relationships with their peers, And so this isolation has been devastating for a lot of them because it's like on, it's like what they're supposed to be doing is connecting with one another um, and finding purpose in their peer group. And it's like, but they're in their rooms on computers, you know? Yeah. Then, on top of that, I would say the virtual school aspect, although our school district, I feel like we've did an amazing job, um, really uh, compared to a lot of other school districts, we did a really great job with virtual school. But, um, you said mentioned earlier, like students and different reasons why they have anxiety. And we do have a, you know, our students, we have a lot of students who are very, uh, grade conscious. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, um, they, I mean, and I would say that most students, they want naturally, you know, they want to do well and it's the self management, having to manage themselves, you know, just like where they are with that exec Mm -hmm. functioning lack of development, the executive functioning portion of our brains at that age, it is so difficult to manage online school for them. And then they get behind and then they get overwhelmed and then they don't know where to start and then they're failing. And it's just like this, Mm. you know, I have time and time again, we had so many students in summer school this summer compared to other summers trying to um, get back on track. But that was purposeful, wasn't it? You guys were like, let's help them. Oh yeah. 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 Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, definitely we, I mean, we want students to succeed, but I think the mental aspect of being asked to do online school 
even with all of the support and all of the expertise and how well the Oxford School District did it, you know, it was really hard for kids not to fall behind. Mm. And when they did, it's, you know, it's like just another stressor. Yeah. And when they're thrown back into, I guess, to a normal year, which they are this year, like you said, we'll, we'll wait and see. Um, the dynamics got to be a lot different. I mean, I know as, as an adult, um, and as an adult that enjoys being social, I had a lot of trepidation stepping back out. Um, I didn't realize it. I didn't realize that I would, you know, I was thinking whatever, but then I get into a crowd. I'm like, uh, kind of like being at home by myself. Yeah. We have a whole new type of anxiety, right? Post COVID being out in public anxiety. Yeah. And I would imagine like as a kid, I mean, not being able to really recognize and and delineate between emotions and what's going on, you know, that's, that's tough Mm -hmm. and not be, you know, recognizing what's happening. Um, I, I don't imagine many of them have the tools to really articulate that. Is that a false statement or true? No, it's true. I think, um, and it's, I mean, I think it's not just them. I think that's, I think many of us don't always have the words or the, the tools to True. really, like, if we're not in touch with ourselves, you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like often in hindsight, you can look back and be like, wow, that really affected me. I didn't even realize it at the time. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, but, um, it's true. I mean, sometimes I think the kids actually have better insight than the adults do, but really? that's, that's good to know. I, it's as a father of two teenagers, I, I think that's a wonderful thing to know. Yeah. And I agree. I was, sometimes it's funny when they get to be teenagers and they say something and you're like, Oh, you're actually right. And that's a way better idea. <laughs> I know. It's amazing. It is. These kids, I'll tell you, they are so, that is one thing about kids though, is that they are so resilient and they are so, um, you know, open in a way that we mm. aren't as adults. Uh, and, 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 and it's beautiful. I think that's why I love working with them so much because they are just still so open. And there is that kind of like, they still have a playfulness to them. You know, mm. there's like part of them that still really wants to be a kid. And, yeah, um, and then they have this kind of like, you know, optimism that we lose as we get older. And that's why, you know, one thing that was, that my colleague Kaki Brown, I've mentioned her a couple of times. Um, we started a peer wellness group that focused um, on mental health a lot called rise, reach, inspire, support, and power. And I think this will be our fifth year with rise. Cool. Don't quote me on that. I think it's our fifth year with rise. And so anyway, Kaki and I started this, um, this group, it started with nine kids and we really didn't know what we were going to do, but we said, um, look, do you want to change the world? You know, <laughs> like, yes. And we were like, let's do it. And we, I, I realized that, um, a lot of colleges have, um, these peer wellness groups where they take students and they train them to teach their peers. And mm-hmm. I couldn't believe when I was doing research that, that I couldn't find any high school programs like that really. Yeah. And, um, because I was thinking maybe I could just get one and bring it, you know, and, but I couldn't find any, so we just started our own. Um, and it, it just has snowballed. I mean, we had like 65 members and, um, the year before last Kaki and I went to a convention, um, for peer wellness groups. We were the only high school there. It was all colleges. And they were like, how do you guys recruit? 
how do you recruit all these students? You know, we were like, we don't, they come to us. Like they are craving this. Um, uh, it's, you know, it's become a family. It's become a place where kids can connect with each other if they don't have kind of like a home within the high school already, but it's sure. also a place where we can help empower them to share all of what we're talking about. Right. They have all yeah. of this kind of like um, wisdom and if you give them the platform and you encourage them and you empower them to do it, they have a lot to say and a lot to teach and a perspective that we don't have. And going back to that, talking about that stage of development um, that is critical and that, you know, was kind of like part of what made COVID so hard for teenagers. That's why the peer wellness works, because if, if a teenager is telling a teenager um they just have more credibility, mm -hmm. right? I mean, it's just automatic credibility because it's like, if you or I are saying it, it's like, you don't know what you're talking about. You're not, right. you don't understand what it's like to be me. Right. <laughs> and, um, you know, and to some extent that's true. I mean, that's, you know, true. So uh, we have, we focused um, the first, when we first started doing um, presentations in the classroom, because we have like, campus-wide events, right? So we have like a yearly event. This year, because of COVID, it was a, um, an outdoor movie. And oh, so yeah. like a drive-in yeah. um, mm -hmm. movie. But before that, we've had actually outdoor concerts where local bands have played and we've had different people come. And then yeah. we do um, pop-ups at school. So like the last two years, we did pop-ups. Like a, we did a Valentine's Day pop-up that was focused on self-love rather than the typical right. Valentine's the Hallmark thing. holiday. Yeah, and so they all, um, they all did, um, took a quiz to find their self love word. And then they all got a free bracelet that kind of like, oh, I have an, I have mine's an anklet. So I'm just going to show you. You can't see it on camera, but it's like a, uh, Oh yeah. 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 That's yeah. super cool. Yeah. So they have, it's like a etched into the metal. And so then they each get a free bracelet and a self love bracelet. Cool. So that's the kind of thing. So then Valentine's day becomes, you know, self love, at the school instead of focused on like buying candy grams for each other or something. Right. Right. And so those are the kinds of things we try to do, but then we do in-class presentations to all the ninth graders focused on mental health. And we polled the school when we first started, we did a poll. What do you want to hear from us? And the students overwhelmingly said stress and anxiety, suicide and depression. Wow. So immediately that's what we focused on. Our peer wellness group focused on. And we, um, we hired, we, we didn't hire <laughs> We asked Tony Caldwell, I don't know if you know him, a therapist, to come in and um, do some trainings on these mental health topics. And he's amazing, amazing therapist. Um, he lives in Nashville now, but he came in and trained the kids on um, those subjects. And then um, Kaki and I created kind of like in like a like a bare bones outline for a lesson plan. But then they came in and really, you know, pulled all the information from the from the trainings and made lesson plans. So wow. then they great. go into the classrooms and teach on stress and anxiety and um, depression and suicide. And it has, that's, that is why it grew from nine people, 18 people to 65 people because the students went in the classroom and it's a diverse group of students. So you have kids who are, you know, really involved in sports or cheerleading. And then you have kids who are, you know, in the band and you have kids who are, you know, maybe they're not involved in anything but rise, you know, but it's just kind of a variety of um, students. And we had feedback like 
oh my gosh, I didn't know what that was called. I didn't know anxiety had a name. And also these kids have anxiety. Like these kids have these feelings, you know, these, these yeah. 11th and 12th graders, you know, are telling the ninth graders um, and they get vulnerable and they get real. And, you know, that is, I think what's hard about being a teenager is that people are there. There tends to be a fear of in a social setting, like being vulnerable. And then we have social media, which makes that even worse because everyone's trying to live up to these totally inauthentic ideals, you know, these made up realities. Um, so to have kids come in the classroom, older kids who are role models and say, you know, I feel this way. I struggle with this. It's okay. It's normal. Also, if you need help, reach out to us, connect with us. And, um, it's been amazing. Absolutely. The response has been amazing. And, um, and one of our rise students then went on for her girl scouts, um, project to create an anonymous reporting form so students or teachers can get on there and report if they're worried about a student and it will go to myself an administrator guidance counselor um and and it gets rated like level of importance like wow. you need to go check in with that kid right away you need to check in within 24 hours and it can that be is awesome yeah, one of our rise students. Ama- these kids are amazing. They've made. Um, we started a whole campaign at the beginning of last school year called "Taking Care of Us," um, and Hassel Wilkinson and some of the other kids that are in Rise. They um, they're so talented. They created these public service announcements immediately when we had some mental health issues in the spring. Uh, we immediately uh, within. 48 hours of that happening, we rise got together and made um, a public service announcement, you know, reach out, um, you know, uh, like suicide hotlines and, um, you know, just reminding kids that they're, so that's the kind of stuff that rise is doing. And that is, that's one way I think that I have found to handle mental health, you know, like you were saying, being proactive prevention is so important and rise is a way to, to do that. And I think it's one of the most effective ways that you can um, reach kids this age is with, through each other. Absolutely. That's, that's incredible. What's the site? uh, What's the rise site? Um, It's in the uh, it's, it's embedded in the school district website. Okay. Rise Oxford School District. Oxford School and District. Yeah. Rise. But okay. Follow us on Instagram at Rise Oxford High. Um, we at, we're on Facebook and Instagram, and so we kind of keep it updated with our events and stuff. But that's so that's been a huge, um, a huge mental health yeah. initiative that that my colleague Kaki and I really started because we were seeing so much of this anxiety, depression, and all of these issues. And this is pre-COVID, so yeah. Next year, we're really going to try to um, bring in some extra support. Um, and I think one other thing I'd like to mention that when we talk about, you know, it within these subject areas, um, another one we're going to really start to try to focus on coming into this year is with um, substance abuse and addiction, because we know that, um, you know, now like 65% of people who have substance abuse or addiction, they have experienced trauma. So that's something that we want to preventatively address through RISE for sure. And one 
one thing that we try to weave throughout all of our presentations and our things are the importance of, you know, physical activity, but also mindfulness, um, practicing mindfulness. And um, Kaki and I are just finishing our mindful teacher certification through an organization called Mindful Schools. And that's one thing we brought to the teacher professional development was, um, you know, gratitude practices, mindfulness practices. And, um, and then we bring that to students. So like teachers are beginning to start to try to practice a mindful minute in their classrooms. And, um, I was going into the learning center before that got integrated into the high school, but, um, the, the classroom of like credit recovery classroom, I go into twice a week and do yoga and mindfulness with those students. And, um, that's been an amazing experience, you know? Yeah. Because you're quite a prolific yoga teacher. I mean, I think you were just, you just got certified and started teaching professionally. Um, and then you're, you're in another program for yoga therapy. Is that right? I am. Mm -hmm. Yep. A yoga therapy. Wow. So I imagine with how pro as proactive as you are with rise and um, these other things that you guys are doing um, that at some point we may have um, some yoga uh, capabilities for these students um, that are so open to these things. They are, they love it. It's amazing. It's, and that goes back to relationship because they will try anything if they trust you and they know that's that. Great. That's great. Yeah, I have these students that these high school students that you um, typically may be thought of as students who were not uh, maybe not so willing to be um, active in the classroom or that, you know, they might be more difficult to deal with. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of them are kids who have had behavioral problems or, you know, that kind of thing. And um, we're in there meditating and doing yoga. You know, we're in there practicing mindfulness and they love it. But also rise before pre-COVID, we had two students who were yoga certified and they were offering yoga in the library oh, during wow. lunch to all students. Yeah. And then in co when COVID happened, we were offering yoga for teens uh, live on the Instagram page. And we also did a weekly um, mindfulness meditation for teenagers um, on the Instagram page as well. Wow. That's absolutely incredible. When I was in high school, I had no idea what yoga was, I don't think. But uh, even in college, when I was in theater school, they were teaching us all these yoga techniques. And I was like, eh, I don't know what's going on here. And not only and only in retrospect do I look at it and I'm like, oh my gosh, this was incredible. And I still use them today. Yeah. Oh, the yeah. The tools that they taught me, even though yeah. I don't practice yoga, which I should, but um, it's pretty incredible. I feel like you're going to start now. I, I, well, yoga journeys. I know. <laughs> really, the, when they they put they, you know, I I just recently did a yoga class for anyone that's listening that doesn't know, but um, I they put their knees in my back and it just popped about twenty times. It was awesome. Nice. Uh, yeah, just release of the past year, two years, you know. Totally. Yeah. Um. So let's uh, let's talk a little bit about. I know that this is a whole subject to itself, but we can't do this without mentioning uh, bullying. And uh, is there a new term for that? Is there a new way of dealing with that? Can you just kind of give a little bit of an overview of, and do you see it that often anymore? Yeah. I mean, I, so I think that, yeah. So I, the hard thing is, is that bullying became such a 
buzzword mm -hmm. that it's almost like it took the meaning out of the word, maybe changed the meaning even. And so I think that that's why, yeah, that word is hard because I think that people um, like sometimes my own elementary school child will use it. And I'm like, I don't know if that's the right way to use the word. <laughs> you know what I mean? yes. like, they've had like bullying education that maybe has gone awry. I don't know. But no. I think that it is, you know, we live in a world of um, specifically right now, the teenagers have a lot of social pressure because mm -hmm. of social media. That's made that like I was touching on earlier, you know, they, they are um, competing with, you know, what appears to be reality, but what is not, you mm -hmm. know, and um, that is so difficult. And so that just takes up the, the natural human inclination to compare um, yeah. to a whole new level, right? Because you're comparing yourself with the standard that's not real, that can't be met. Um, but as far as, you know, bullying goes, I mean, I think that high school can be a very difficult social environment. Um, and all of the positive things that come along with this age, there's also some negatives. And um, unfortunately, uh, I think that it does happen. Yeah. And so we try, um, that's another, you know, a thing that we try to emphasize through rise and other initiatives like that, which is that, you know, the sameness within all of us, that we are all the same. We all have the same need for love, acceptance. And when you can remind kids of that and, 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 you know, tap into their ability to be compassionate, mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's where we really, um, what, that's what we need to be emphasizing with these kids yeah. is connection and sameness. And, um, because I think that, when they don't feel that that's when that happens. I think that's quite astute. Yeah. I, I would say I would interpret compassion. I would say I would use empathy. Yeah. Um, I, I think that there's, you know, I was born with a lot of empathy. I'm very thankful for that, but pe some people aren't, you know, and that's not a, their fault, but you can learn empathy and you can learn to put yourself in other people's shoes. And it sounds like a lot of what you guys are doing is, is that, and in the role you have taken, you are doing something that a lot of therapists can't do. They're addressing a problem that is there. And you are, you guys have taken that role and turned it on its head and you are hitting it, trying to hit it before it happens. And if it is something going on, making these people okay with coming to you, which is going to change the whole dynamic of where we are in particular, which is Mississippi. Yeah. Because you're building a culture of openness and care and relationship building and uh, putting an import on that um, that is not atypical in a high school situation. Um, so once again, uh, you know, Oxford has put the right people in the right place um, to, for these kids to thrive. Um, so I, I, I am, as a, like I said, a parent of teenagers, so happy that you are leading that charge and um, you and Kaki have started rise brilliant program. Uh, I would encourage all listeners. If you have children to uh, look into that, um, do y'all do donations or is it all through the, 
no, but we will have events and things yeah. that, and, and like, you know, we'll be selling some t-shirts and that kind of thing. Okay, cool. Um, I, I could keep talking and I've got a lot of questions that I did not ask, but, um, I think that the meat of what we've discussed is the important part. Um, I, I like I said, I just get back to the preventative work that you guys are doing, um, is pretty incredible. And I hope that it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for having me on the show today. Of course. Well, thank you. And uh, good luck with your uh, yoga certification. For thank you. Yoga therapy. That's pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> I, everyone keeps telling me that I must do this. Um, and, you know, like I said, I, I did, I've done a lot of yoga, but, you know, not, not formally. Come with I just didn't know. Southern Star. Southern Star Yoga. Okay. All right. Thanks, Meg. Right. We'll Thank talk to you. you later. Okay. Bye. Bye. If you have questions about mental health and the COVID-19 pandemic that you'd like our providers to answer in a future episode, please email southoffine at righttrackmedical.com. And if you'd like more information about Right Track Medical Group or the South of Fine podcast, please visit righttrackmedical.com. Thanks to our production team, Kelly Huntsberger, Caitlin Clegg, Carol Ann Hughes, Alica Batista, and Reese Lau. Special thanks to Squadcast for providing superior remote interview services.